This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with The Lynn Group. Um, I wanted to do a show because this last week there was a huge amount of economic data that rolled out. There's a huge debate swirling around between what's happening in the economy. Uh, let's see, the Federal Reserve raised rates. GDP for the second quarter was a negative number again. You've got the Powerball, or excuse me, Mega Millions rather, at almost a billion and a half dollars, uh, you know, even though supposedly everyone's broke. <sighs> chaos, chaos, chaos. And also earnings season, right? We had almost 25% of the S&P 500 earnings come out this week. So there's just a huge amount of data. Um, no Tana today. So sorry about that. You get boring old me, but the good news is these shows are generally shorter when it's just me. Cause there's nothing worse than me, uh, sitting here by myself talking. So first and foremost, um, second quarter GDP comes out negative. Boom. There it is. Right. You got half the people talking in your face saying we're in a recession. Half the people saying we're not right. The president, his team, they're all trying to talk about the fact that we're not in a recession. Things aren't that bad. The um, more conservative folks out there, and I'm honestly, I'm a very conservative person. So the people that I like, I like Ben Shapiro. I like Dan Bongino. I like Sean Hannity. I know that I'm not very outspoken about those opinions on the show, but you know what? I guess uh, when I record these on Saturday, I don't care anymore. So I rely on information from those people. But even in the last few days, they're really harping on the whole recession thing pretty hard. And it's tough because. I care about information, economics, data, facts. I follow a lot of different economists. And so what did I do? How, how do we figure this out? So I went back because there's a, the issue right now is everyone's talking about the idea that they're trying to redefine what a recession is. They're trying to change the terminology. They're trying to update the dictionaries. So good news. <clears throat> I had to pull out the big book, the big book. So anyone who's watching this on um, YouTube or Rumble, you'll be able to see the big book here. But this is one of my study books from when I was becoming a certified financial planner. I got this one in the late 2000s. I don't even know when, maybe 2008, something like that. But the good news is, is no one has snuck into my office in the last six weeks and updated the, the definition of a recession in here. So I got the book out this morning. I was all excited to read it. I thought we could read through what is happening and see if we can figure this out. So here we go. On page 29, right out of the gates during business cycles, we have the word recession. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know why my, uh, my voice today is, of course, hoarse. So recession is a decline in real GDP for two consecutive quarters. Ah, dang it. <laughs> dang it. <clears throat> right. You know, this is the, this is the, what the president's not saying it is. This is what the president's economic advisors and, and the very liberal people on the news are not saying it is. Whereas this is the definition that all of the conservative folks are running with two consecutives of declining GDP. 
The problem is, <clears throat> is maybe everybody's a little right and everybody's a little wrong. <sighs> oh boy. So if I, if I was to read on, if anybody wants to come by my office and read the book to see that I'm not making this stuff up. So it's, what was it again? Okay. Decline of GDP for two consecutive quarters, comma, characterized by the following. And now here's a whole punch list of things that are supposed to be happening during a recession to really quantify that decline in GDP. And this is where the mess begins because we're living in very unprecedented times. Remember, we didn't really have a real recession in 2020. What we had was a lockdown. The government locked us down. They turned off the economy. Prior to that happening, we had one of the strongest, well, probably the strongest and most robust economy of my own lifetime of over 40 years. And then what happened is we had a reopening. And so all of the data, everything is really beat up. Everything is confused. I mean, for example, one of the things that impacts GDP in the first quarter is import exports. There was a huge surge in imports in the first quarter that created a negative drag on GDP. So you say, well, wait a second. Why would there be a huge surge? Could it have anything to do with the chaos and mess that we created during COVID in our supply chain stuff? And this is what our, you know, our supply chain is going up and down all day long, totally chaotic. Maybe something to consider. So, all right, going back to the big book here, what are some of the characteristics of a recession? Remember, we know the high level. The high level is you get those two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. We just got that. Nobody's balking that. So that's step one. Of, okay, there's your official recession. Blah. But then here's all the underlying things that are supposed to be happening to quantify that that's an actual thing. The first one is declining consumer purchases. So, all right, here we go. We got to go to the charts. So let me pop this stuff up. Blonk. I know these are small. I can certainly send them to everybody if they want to see them. But here, what I just put on there is year-to-date U.S. retail sales. If you're watching this on YouTube or Rumble, you'll be able to see it. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm going to explain it to you. Retail sales are higher over the last six months. There you go. Year over year, they're up 8%. Month over month, they're up 1%. Retail sales have been going up this year. So that's confusing, right? Because in the big book, I've got my two negative quarters of GDP. But then my very first poll point is, I need declining basically retail sales, consumers spending less money. Well, chart numero uno here shows that that's factually inaccurate. In fact, people are spending lots of money and not really slowing down. All right. So the next one, we need expanding business inventories, uh, decreasing capital investment. All right. I got that one here. Let's, let's pop another chart up here. Uh, let's see. Business inventories are expanding. Okay. Okay, so there, there's one for the recession, people, right? So if inventories are expanding, that means that people are spending less money because they're able to, they're, they're, they're not taking the stuff off the shelves as quickly. This one is another one of those shades of gray thing, right? If we looked at Walmart earnings and a lot of these company earnings, they, they said that during COVID, it was such a chaotic mess that they ordered desperately all kinds of junk they didn't end up needing. And so they do have expanding inventories. But... You know, if we're going off of the technical definition of a recession, we're kind of like one for one right now, right? We've got people spending money, so that's not a recession. We've got increasing inventory, so that is a recession. The next one is decreasing capital investment. Are companies and places spending money? So here's U.S. government investment for all capital development with a forecast. 
you'll notice something year to date. The chart is going up, my friends. We don't exactly have an implosion in capital spending and investment. So now I got two for the, well, that doesn't really count as a recession then, right? You know, people are spending money. People are still investing the money in companies. However, inventories are expanding. I got to keep my fingers where you can see them in the video because I keep drifting behind the, the picture on the screen. Decreasing demand in labor. Now, this is the one that the government is really harping on, right? Let's find a chart for it here. Now, this is open jobs. I don't want the open jobs. Here's the unemployment rate. So the unemployment rate this year has been falling, right? It started the year at 3.9%. It's down to 3.6%. Um, to that point, you know, the government is saying, how can you have a tight labor market? We've created over 450,000 jobs a month this year. Once again, that doesn't point to the decrease in labor demand. The other thing that's fascinating is we have over 11 million outstanding jobs for for only 6 million or something people looking for jobs. So we've got almost two jobs for every one person looking right now. We do have a very strong, a very tight labor market. That is not indicative of a recession. So once again, depending on which side of the camp you want to be on, which party you want to be affiliated with, you're going to give a lot of opinion and gravity to these different economic indicators. Um, so, you know, decreasing demand forever and then high unemployment. So obviously the unemployment rate is falling. So those things don't really go hand in hand together. Oh, here's the U.S. jobs opening. Jeez Louise, I could have showed you the chart. So this is year to date. And year to date, we have 11 million open jobs. That's incredible, right? That's up 18, 17% in the last 12 months. Chart looks a little boring because it's only a six-month chart. The um, Okay, so we did U.S. unemployment rate. What else? Oh, retail sales. So we were kind of talking about this. Retail sales uh, year over year are up 8%, meaning people are spending more and more money. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm not even done with all the bullet points on this book. Jeez, give me a second here. Okay, so the other one we've got is falling commodity prices. Maybe the catalyst of where you would all consider falling commodity prices is how about oil and gas, right? That's a big commodity. And what has it been doing for the last year? It's been going up a lot, right? For the last six months, it's been going up a lot. Um, in the last few weeks, has your gas prices come down? Absolutely. But in totality, they're up a ton this year. So once again, that's increasing commodity prices. Not indicative of a recession because a recession means people are using less stuff. Therefore, the demand falls. Therefore, the prices of these things fall. Quite the opposite. There's a massive demand for energy because we're in an energy crunch because we screwed up the supply aspect of it. Uh, let's see. Decreasing business profits. That's an interesting one. We're right in the middle of earnings. And if you watch any of my shows, you know I am a huge advocate for earnings of companies. This is what's going to bring the market back. The market is mysteriously coming back. It had a great week last week. Why? Oh, because earnings aren't as miserable as everybody keeps saying they should be. So here I put up on the screen. Here's the uh, July 29th earnings update. And so there's two pieces of earnings that we look for. Um, we look for what's called EPS, earnings per share. And then we look at revenues. Now, remember, going back to this big old giant fat book I have right here. It says that I need decreasing business profits. That means companies need to be making less money now than they were, let's say, six months ago. Ah, la, 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 la. Here we go. Looks. Oh, what do we got here? Hang on. Let's see where I want to start. 
So, so far, 56% of the companies from the S&P 500 have reported. 73% of them have beat their earnings projections, which, wait a second, that doesn't sound terrible. Three quarters of the companies are doing better than we thought. That How could that be true? And it looks like earnings growth for the second quarter is 6%. That's all nice, reasonable, awesome numbers. I was happy to see that. What's more fascinating is if I scrizzle down here a little further, where is it? Uh, where are we at? That's earnings. Sorry. You guys got me all nervous on the show here. I can't read anymore. Oh, what do we got? Year over year earnings, 11 sectors, blah, blah, blah. Looking ahead. Looking ahead. Hmm. Am I going crazy? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Revenue, revenue. I got excited. So more importantly, though, is what is revenue? You know, how much money are we really making? As a result, the index for this quarter is looking at the second quarter of over 12% revenue on these companies. Does that sound like companies are going back to the book? Does that sound like decreasing business profits when their revenues this quarter are up over 12%? Last week, they're only estimated to be up 10%. They're actually getting better every week. Uh, let's see out of that. So you've got 66% of companies reported revenues above estimates. Dude, this is awesome. This is awesome. So companies are making money, which is to me the most important thing. All right. What else do we got on here? Sorry. The, the revenue one threw me off there for a second. Falling interest rates due to reduced demand for money. Oh my goodness. So over the last six months, right, the, the supposed recession that we've had, have interest rates gone up or down? Has anybody tried to purchase or refinance a house? I can tell you in the beginning of the year, you probably still could have gotten a mortgage for under 3%, whereas right now you're looking just under 6%. Feels like interest rates are going up, right? Uh, bank CDs. All that stuff. They're starting to pay a little more. Interest rates are going up. So isn't that a little confusing? Because I was told in the big book definition of a recession that a recession is predicated by the idea that interest rates are actually falling. Well, interest rates aren't falling. Interest rates are going up. The Fed's literally just raised rates this week. So there's a lot of contrarian stuff going on. There's a lot of debates out there. I, I can appreciate both sides of the argument. What we have to look at is, um, I, I read an economist, he called it, how about we settle on the idea that this is what's called a recession light? Um, you know, okay, everybody wins. It's kind of a recession. It's not really a recession. It depends on how you're looking at things. Um, people in certain areas are making more money. The private sector year over year is paying over 11% more um, wages to people, whereas the government sector is flat. Social security obviously hasn't kept up. So it just depends on where you're at in your own lives with your income and resources. But the labor market is tight. The retail sales are up. I mean, Amazon came out with earnings the other day on Thursday night. And what happened? They had blockbuster earnings. And they said, what inflation? People are spending money. We have really no major issues over here. You think, my goodness, I, I was told that everything was bad. So, you know, here at the Lynn Group, we're of the opinion that things aren't as miserable as they look. I think a real recession is coming. 
I do not think this is the real recession. This is an emotional recession because everything stinks, right? You turn on the news, everything is a bummer. Everybody is bummed by a thousand different things. Gas prices are high. The kids are getting shot at schools. The Supreme Court stinks. Everything is a blithering mess. And so it feels like a recession, but from a mathematical economic one, that probably comes with a huge shade of gray. The feds, if they keep raising rates over time, will cause a recession. Based on the current trajectory of the feds raising rates, I would surmise that I think that the recession comes at the end of 2023, the beginning of 24, somewhere in that neighborhood. So kind of our opinion here at the Lynn Group, especially if you're an equity investor, if you're in the stock market, I do truly believe that over the next six to 12 months, the stock market is going to grind a lot higher and get back to all-time highs. I think it's going to come true based on earnings as earnings continue to surprise people and companies continue to make money. And then once that kind of high watermark hits, if the feds are still on the trajectory that they've been in of raising rates, we're going to counsel with all of our clients sometime next year, probably about the idea of how can we become more defensive to weather some kind of recessionary period. So there's a lot that's probably going to play out over the next 12 months in the way that we're approaching our clients, investment accounts and retirement plans. But Hey, appreciate all the listeners and all the time. Um, this show actually went a little longer than I thought it would, but give us a call. You can call me at 805-500-7035. You can visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. But um, otherwise, you know, I appreciate all the, the people that watch these shows, all the viewers. And Tan and I will be uh, back next week. So thanks for everything. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805 805- or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lind Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lind Group LLC. The Lind Group LLC and the Lind Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lind Group LLC, the Lind Group Advisors LLC, and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.